Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hi and welcome to Bet the Edge. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Jay Croucher, joined as always by Drew Dinsick. Coming up on the show, we're going to welcome in Mike Tanya from Football Outsiders to break down some of the biggest games of the weekend. But first, Drew, what did uh, what you make of last night? Uh, I feel like I avoided uh, avoided disaster a bit. I got the best of the number by a mile on the Bengals, uh, betting into that early uh, before cross three. And I feel like we, you know, Zach Taylor kind of tacked into some of his most minus EV tendencies for a lot of that game. Didn't really press his advantages until... Uh, you know, the fourth quarter there, but ultimately Bengals cover uh, and, uh, you know, hat tip to the Dolphins defense in particular. Uh, I think now that we've kind of seen them play, uh, you know, our two MVP favorites in Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson back to back weeks and then come in, you know, in that very disadvantageous spot and still put up a, a solid fight. Um, that unit is going to continue to get better and could be a bet on unit. Um, and uh, still some rust with Joe Burrow. Uh, clearly, something's not exactly clicking with the way that uh, he's operating in the pocket. And so uh, I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic that the Bengals ultimately get to their prior. You know, we had a, I had a high, high, high uh, preseason prior for that team in terms of expectation. They're not there yet. Uh, usually after sort of four weeks and shaking off the rust, they get there. Or, you know, teams like that get there. But uh, we still have some more uh, growing to do uh, before the Bengals are a real deal contender. Yeah, I think uh, obviously they, they get the win, uh, which is no guarantee, only as three and a half point favorites. But at the same time, I think you kind of come out of that game feeling worse about the Bengals' outlook. And it's largely to do with the great Zach Taylor, who uh, is obsessed <laughs> with running the ball for two yards per carry. Uh, I have no idea what they were doing running the ball 30 times um, for 67 yards on the ground, um, they loosened up a li- little bit late and um, much to my chagrin as someone who had a under 75 and a half Jamar Chase receiving yards ticket, uh, they decided to uh, air it out with a little go route down the left sideline when um, you that's when you would really kind of lean into and trust Zach Taylor's conservatism. But uh, yeah, weird game for the Bengals, but they get the win. They go into Baltimore next week, and that line some places now is Baltimore minus three and a half. I would expect that to get down closer to two, right? Yeah, this is going to be a tough call. Uh, you know, contingent upon Baltimore get, having a, a healthy, 
game Sunday against the Bills and, you know, giving us a competitive effort there. If this opens kind of widely available three and a half, it's just Bengals or pass and just got to kind of figure out, are you going to get another, uh, you know, sort of conservative approach from Zach Taylor? Because I agree with you. Every single time Mixon got handed the ball, I was screaming at my television. Like, yeah, this guy's he's too slow. He doesn't have any pop. I don't know. I'm not even really sure why he's the guy they're going with right now. But, uh, you know, the offensive line, I thought, was winning their 1v1s. It was just a matter of the scheme itself being poor and Mixon not really having a step. Yeah, there seems a lack of creativity in the scheming, like a lot of just screen passes to Joe Mixon behind the line of scrimmage. Just go go do something, Joe. Just gets tackled for two yards. Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot going on. But I still think that plus three and a half is is too big uh, against the Ravens. And then... Obviously, the scary scenes with Tua, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I thought Teddy Bridgewater looked like Teddy Bridgewater, kind of exactly what you would expect. He did get some meat on that downfield pass to Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill at this point is probably just QB agnostic. Like, it doesn't matter that much. Um, And he's just going to get his yards. I think two of his four biggest receiving yards totals uh, in his career have come in the past four weeks. So I think the Dolphins will still be fine uh, offensively, but certainly their ceiling is reduced if Tua is not there, even though game to game, probably not that much difference between Teddy and Tua, but at the same time, Tua gives them that upside uh, season long. Any changes with your ratings on the Dolphins last night and going forward? In the first half, up until the two injury, McDaniel, his scheme was really, really impressive, I thought. And I would give Tua a clear month off here. The Miami Dolphins' schedule is very easy through their bye week. There is literally no reason to press him back into action anytime soon. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get you to the bye week, uh, clearly in contention for a playoff spot. And uh, I think the only thing I would point to with uh, McDaniel was Tyreek Hill had all of the juice in the world in the first half of that game. He was like the most dynamic player on the field and it, now for both teams. And I wish they had kind of, I mean, if I was a Miami fan, at least I was you know, hoping that this wouldn't happen, but I would have expected to push that the Tyree kill button a little more in the second half when you have Teddy in there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Before we get to Mike Tanya, uh, for all you college football fans that want some last minute betting insight, tune into our NBC Sports YouTube channel uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton answer your questions prior to a full slate of week five games. All right. Let's bring in Mike Tanya from Football Outsiders. Uh, Mike, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, and Drew and I, we read your stuff we follow your stuff uh when i was working at points bet in the trading team uh i would read your stuff and then move the lines basically what you're saying <laughs> for you, you literally you literally move the lines uh and True. we're uh, very excited to uh to have you on let's just get straight into the games uh titans colts mike blockbuster game in the magnificent <laughs> afc south the line is colts minus three and a half and the total is 43 what are you looking for in titans colts it's like a conference USA divisional playoff game at this point. <laughs> and, and there's a little bit of the, will the real teams please stand up at this point with these teams. I think we're going to do that again in a moment with the Raiders and the Broncos. But with, with these two teams in particular, the Colts right now have the worst offense in the NFL, according to football outsiders, DVOA. And it shows when you watch them, you know, that, I mean, they were shut out by the Jaguars. All of their points against the Chiefs kind of came on a muff punt. 
uh, at the beginning of the game. So they get the ball at the three-yard line. Then they get some field goals. Then they get a late drive. And the drive was impressive, but they got sacked on third and long. And Chris Jones got up and, and, and said something to Matt Ryan. And the referees had rabbit ears. And suddenly it's a, it goes the other way. The same time, I do not know what to make of the Titans right now. There's like nobody left on the team. Um, when I rewatched that Raiders game, they were able to play their game. They got Derrick Henry involved early. They got an early lead. They got him between the tackles. They got him in the screen game. When they needed to actually drop back to pass, like a nor- like when Tannehill had to drop back to pass like a normal quarterback, Max Crosby and the other edge rusher were on him in like a heartbeat every single time. The Titans are terrible at the tackle situations. This is going to create a big opportunity for the Colts edge rushers, you know, Yannick Ngukwe on one side, Quiddy Pay and some other guys on the other side. So it's tricky to figure out which team is which right now and which team is going to step up. Yeah, I yeah. know the, the market has no respect whatsoever for the Titans. I mean, the Titans yeah. were plus two and a half point underdogs at home to the Raiders last week, which I think baffled a lot of people. And yes, they, they won and they covered, but they didn't look ultra impressive in the process. Uh, and Mike, uh, you wrote a great article in the offseason. I think it was called The, the Fall and Decline of Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great title. It felt like it should have been almost The Fall and Decline of Julius Caesar or something. Um, <laughs> Derrick Henry, who now looks kind of kind of done. Uh, he was better against the Colts. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, against the Raiders. But yeah. at the same point, I mean, so much of that offense as well is, uh, is built off play action. And Ryan Tannehill is excellent operating uh, in that context. But Tannehill, who has always been, I think, a sneaky kind of analytics darling, certainly, you know, by football outsiders, by PFF, by these types of places, but he hasn't looked the part this season either. So, Drew, is there any uh, angle you're looking at at this game at three and a half? Man, I mean, with the injury situations for both teams, particularly the offensive line and skill position players on the Titans side, I think this is under or pass. Uh, you have you know divisional familiarity though to look at here. Um, if you made me take a side, I'm taking the Titans and the three and a half points just because you're getting the hook. Uh, it is a, a really rough situation for both of these teams, and I agree with Mike's take and in general the football outsiders numbers. Um, this Indianapolis offense is horrific. It's yeah, awful. I can see the concept of saying the Colts will figure it out offensively because they have the talent there, but that's not a, I'm going to lay three and a half points on Sunday on that logic. That's yeah. For a futures bet or something like that right now. I, I it's, it's just a pass for me. I lean under, but it's just a pass for me. Yeah. Matt Ryan looking very much like kind of late era Peyton Manning last season of Peyton Manning in Denver, just no kind of pop on these throws. And right. the sneaky thing with the Colts all along has been that, this offensive line is not good anymore. Uh, and people had kind of tied to the prior of the, the offensive line they had when Andrew Luck was there. But this is a, not a great offensive line at the moment. And there's only so much that, that Jonathan Taylor can do. Now, I got I got to say, Peyton, I don't even know if this is the right comp. He's got more Matt Shaw, late career Matt Shaw kind of yeah. coming out, more right. so than late career Peyton. Right now, people figure out if you blitz Ryan up the A-gap. Yeah. He cannot move. He's not going to get the ball away quickly enough because he doesn't have underneath receivers to go to. And you're going yeah. to get a sack. And that's influencing everything the Colts do. Yeah. Well, talking about sacks, a guy who got sacked, I think, nine times last week, <laughs> Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm sure he'll be fine going up against Micah Parsons, who's not very good. Um, so that will be fun. <laughs> Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys are minus three at home. The total is 41 and a half. Uh, the commanders are uh, fulfilling their destiny as a blah six or seven win team. And the Cowboys, 
looks like they've kind of salvaged their season. Uh, what are you looking for in this game, Mike? Well, the Washington Commanders right now are the worst team in the NFL, according to DVOA, <laughs> Football Outsider Stats. That takes some doing, okay? But they're 29th on offense, 29th on defense right now. You mentioned Micah Parsons. Tank Lawrence also had a couple of big plays uh, on the Monday night game against the Giants, which, wow, feels like it was 30 years ago. But that's what actually what happened. <laughs> and um, there's two problems right now with the commander's offense. One of them is Carson Wentz, and the other one is um, Carson Wentz. No, 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 that's not necessarily true. You saw Carson Wentz. He's holding the ball forever to take sacks. And when he doesn't hold the ball forever, he starts scrambling and trying to be a superhero. We know how that turns out. Another problem is Sam Cosme, the tackle. I believe he leads the NFL in blown blocks right now. So you have this terrible one-two punch where Wentz is waiting this for, for you know the earth to move downfield and his tackles aren't blocking for him. That's going to cause a real problem when the commanders have the ball. And that's going to make things easier once again for Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Yeah, I yeah. think that it's given the amount of situations against the Giants where Micah Parsons came so close to getting a sack and must have been like a thousand to one that he didn't get <laughs> Daniel Jones on the ground at least once. Right. suspect he's going to get... Uh, he's going to get Carson Wentz on the ground. I just think how amazing it is that as bad as Wentz has looked, I still think the Colts probably downgraded at quarterback um, in the offseason <laughs> just because of how bad Matt Ryan has looked. Uh, Drew, where, where's yeah. your lean on uh, Cowboys minus three? I, I came into this game looking for an opportunity to sell high on Cooper Rush just because to the degree that he has played well with no pressure through the last handful of games. Now there is a little bit of pressure. You're at home. You're the favorite. You're expected to win. This is a big divisional game. Like you said, Cowboys feel like they've uh, salvaged their season. Um, but uh, in the end, I didn't end up taking the commanders largely because almost that entire offensive line has missed practice all week. So if the entire offensive line is missing practice, Carson Wentz doesn't really have, uh, you know, kind of in general, you know, feel in the pocket anymore at all. And he's going up against an absolutely nasty, nasty pass rush. This uh, Dallas defense and Dan Quinn in general, Dan Quinn's probably going to get hired by someone as a head coach next year. His, his ability to kind of uh, really uh, overcome <laughs> You know what was expected of regression. Everybody expected this Dallas defense to regress because so much of their success last year was turnovers, and now it's actually just really good fundamental defense. It's cool to see it evolve. You're yeah. right, and I hate it. And you're right. Yeah, Dan Quinn's going to get a job next year, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. I'm looking over, over, over on this. First of all, whenever Carson Wentz is there, points off turnovers are in play. You are talking about a backup quarterback for the Cowboys. Points off turnovers are in play. And Wentz is the all-star of box score scouting. So in the fourth quarter, if they're down by 14, he's putting seven more on the board. He is putting seven more on the board in the fourth quarter in the meaningless touchdown. So I'm looking over at a pretty juicy over right now. It's garbage time, Carson. He's like the Randy Foy uh, of the NFL. <laughs> Love kind of jacking threes late uh, in games. I do think quickly before we go to Broncos Raiders, I think the most important development in that Cowboys defense is that they're kind of giving up the pretense of Micah Parsons just being an off-ball linebacker and yeah. covered. Now he's yeah. just an edge rusher, and he's the best edge rusher in the league, and that has really taken their defense to another level. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE 
to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.com. Gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. An offense that wants to go to another level is in Denver, where the Broncos play the Raiders. Uh, so it's in Vegas. It's Raiders minus two and a half. Again, the market loves the Las Vegas Raiders. For whatever reason uh and the total is at 45 and a half mike is there anything any signs of life for the denver offense any kind of optimism that you can give yes all of our metrics and i don't have the exact numbers in front of us say they're generally a pretty good first half team and they're a pretty good team until they get to about the 20 yard line and then everything all hell breaks loose all hell's broken loose at the goal line we saw 20 yard field goals and 22 yard field goals and fumbles and other fumbles at the goal line but they there are signs that this can be the something close to the offense we expected when they sold us on Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, Javante Adams. Okay. Other side of the ball, I look at a Raiders team that their frontline talent is impressive. Their offense has been mistake prone. They have not been able to get Devontae Adams the ball the last two weeks. Hunter Renfro has been fumble front prone the last two weeks. Rewatching them, it's a very incomplete team right now. 
there are all kinds of places where you can pick on their defense. There's guys on their defense that are mismatch opportunities. On their offensive line, their right tackle, the right side of their offensive line is a mismatch opportunity where they can't do all the things they want to do offensively. I, I'm stunned. I'm stunned right now that the, that the house still likes the Raiders so much based on the fact that they're 0-3. And when you really watch them, they, they, they're kind of there on, they're, they're there on merit. Yeah, they are. And I think that um, with the Raiders, it is something where obviously they've had, I think, bad fortune in some of these games. There's just like randomness of how Max Crosby now, he seemingly just cannot complete sacks. He's the pressure king, just cannot close out sacks, can't sack Kyle Murray to end the game against the Cardinals. And I think really what this line reflects is the lack of faith in the Denver offense, uh, who outside of the final drive against San Francisco, where it all finally clicked and Russell Wilson kind of vaguely looked like uh, Russell Wilson, um, it's been very poor. At the same time, you know, you mentioned the goal line fumbles, Mike. If Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon just don't fumble at the one against Seattle, they score 31 points in that game. And we're probably thinking about it a little bit different. But Drew, is, is there anything... Particularly on the total at 45 and a half, all the side that you're interested in here. Yeah, this one is a very confusing market. I really could not get close to this number uh, for you know for side or total, um, which means that there is some someone out there who has a strong conviction that the Raiders offense is going to be the uh, kind of the unit that dictates this game, which I I, I can't see it. Uh, I think it's fair to read into Denver's performances so far and say that even in the absence of Justin Simmons and even, uh, you know, with some of the holes in that defense, it's a really good unit. And then the flip side is, you know, the, the, the Raiders defense has virtually no talent on, especially in the secondary outside, you know, you know, Mac, you take Max Crosby off this defense. This is one of the worst personnel defenses that we've seen in the NFL in years. And I think, you know, realistically, this is now or never for the Broncos offense to stand up. They're relatively healthy, they, you know, at least, you know, considering all of the other injuries that exist across the NFL, like Broncos offense is, you know, more or less at full strength here. Javante Williams should be uh, a guy that you're consistently going to in this contest. So, um, you know, Broncos for me, if I had to take a side and then as, you know, as we've kind of gotten to the long way, I think the over has to be the look just because clearly somebody out there is seeing something with the Raiders and their offense and expecting them to show up. And, you know, maybe this is just a back against the wall type of play. There is influential money out there that, inf that uh, you know, that, that affects the market. And we saw it with the Colts last week. Their back was against the wall. They were 0-2, and people could not get enough money down on the Colts against the Chiefs, right? And this is maybe one of those spots. This team is at home. This is their season on the line, and maybe they have some wrinkles up their sleeve. Whatever interesting, fun stuff they had kind of in their back pocket to get a win, we see it this week, presumably. By the way, the Broncos are fourth in DVOA in defense, according to football players. Their defense is that good. Did I see that graphic right? 87% of the money on the Raiders? Yeah, that's it's hard. Hard. yeah. People love the Raiders. That, that's going to change Sunday afternoon. That's going to change Sunday afternoon because I think the money's going to come in late on the Broncos, and that's where I would put the money on the Broncos. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, I mean, home field advantage these days in the NFL is worth like one and a half points to a spread, uh, one and a half to two points. And so this line is implying that the Raiders are neutral field better than the Denver Broncos, which I just can't. I can't accept that. I will not accept that. Uh, Broncos plus two and a half is the side. Now, a line that has moved around all over the place because of the uh, the confusion over where the venue would be. Now we know it's in Tampa. Chiefs at Buccaneers uh, Sunday night. 
Bucks minus one. The total is 45 and a half, which similar to uh, Brady v. Rogers last week, having a total of 41 and a half, 42. It is kind of jarring to see Mahomes v. Brady uh, at only 45 and a half when last year the average total in the NFL uh, was 48. So still a below average offensive game, apparently, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes in prime time. But Amazing. I do think that that speaks to uh, one, both of these offenses floundering a little bit. In Kansas City, I think by DVOA, they still have the 10th best offense in the league, but that's floundering for Patrick Mahomes. And then the Bucks obviously have all of their problems. Uh, Mike, what are you looking for in this game? First, for the injury reports for the receivers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it sounds like Godwin's going to be back. They're saying that these are like, you know, just health days at this point. I don't know. Of course, Mike Evans should be back. Russell Gage is on the injury report. I'm sure Perryman's on the injury report. I got to know who's out there, uh, you know, on Sunday afternoon before I, I make a call on this. And you mentioned the Chiefs DVOA on offense, and it's very high. 49 points against the Cardinals in week one are still sitting there. So they started and was like 21 points on the first three drives. Like the first 45 minutes of the first Sunday are there and it's kind of gone slowly downhill ever since. So, of course, what they were capable of in week one doesn't go away. But I think of this as the are you really who you claim to be bowl of the week? Because it's like, are you really still Tom Brady in the Bucs? Are you the new Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that can still move the ball without Tyreek? And that's what we're going to learn on Sunday night. Yeah, I think the unit, the... It's weird because uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are playing, but the only real unit that I trust in this matchup is the Tampa Bay defense, which yeah, is yeah. number one in the league by DVOA. And that is the reason that the Bucs are very narrow favorites. Are you taking the Bucs minus one, Drew? They've been the hot side. Um, a lot of uh, influential players have lined up to take the Bucs in this spot. Uh, I in that, I feel like I missed the best of the price, so I just kind of threw my hands up and said, hey, all right, guys, have at it here. Um, some of my hesitancy to get involved with the Bucks is definitely the injuries to the wide receivers that Mike mentioned. Um, I would, you know, We know that Evans is going to be good to go and that he has an advantage matchup here, but the rest of that crew is all banged up. And honestly, like give Godwin some time to get right. Like rushing him back out there on, you know, considering everything he's been through does not serve their long-term goals at all. Um, you know, and I, I think find other ways to get it done. That's perfectly fine. Uh, find other ways to get it done besides giving it to Leonard Fournette, by the way. Um, but you know, the, the, uh, the Bucks defense, I do believe is the real deal. They are perfectly healthy outside of Akeem Hicks. And I think, you know, that they play well to the, um, you know, to match up with what we see from Kansas city so far. Uh, the other kind of thing that has given me a little bit of pause getting involved with the Bucks, the hurricane did upset their preparation this week. Yeah. So like whatever they were going to be doing in practice and kind of, of just in general, guys focusing on this particular game and, the, and putting together a game plan has been disrupted to a degree. Um, now they've had enough time, maybe on this, you know, as we go Friday, Saturday, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of make up the difference there. But um, you know, I I have um, a very very quiet alert warning siren in the back of my head about this Chiefs offense. Mike mentioned it, that it hasn't looked good outside of a very small sample when they were up against a. a uh, a Cardinals team that not only was not prepared for that game, but they were missing all of their important players. Everybody was hurt in that one, right? And since then, it just hasn't looked good. Um, I don't. I read into the fighting between Bienemy and Mahomes as something long-term problematic. Um, and uh, you know, I, I this is going to be an important one because in prime time, with you know, if the offense is getting 
you know, frustrated by this Tampa Bay defense, which is likely, uh, you know, how do those guys respond? Do they collaborate and come up with answers or is it just a finger pointing? It's this guy's fault. And, um, you know, that can have long-term implications because we know Mahomes wants uh, the enemy out of there. And uh, this is Mahomes ship at this point. Yeah. If that becomes an issue, Andy Reid will take everything over, uh, transfer Eric Bieniemy to, you know, assistant to keeping it real, and we will never know. They will all just kind of smooth over it. So I, I don't know how big a problem that's going to be moving forward. But in terms of the, the spread, I think the preparation is a legitimate issue, particularly for the Buccaneers. I can actually see sort of a scenario where it's like we know Brady and Evans are going to be playing and the defense is good and we can take them minus one. But I've just been lied to for t- on too many injury reports for the last couple of weeks. Everybody's lying on the injury reports right yeah. now. Yeah. It's like he is good to go, cleared the play, and then they wheel him out in the stretcher for on the sideline <laughs> on Sunday. Not doing it anymore, not touching yeah. this game until I know who the receivers are for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. One last thing, sneakily, is that the Kansas City Chiefs do have the number nine defense by DVOA right now, yes. which probably surprises some people. Would love for my man, George Karlaftis, to help out my 25 to one defensive rookie of the year ticket. And uh, playing all the snaps, he's just not getting the sacks and the, the big famous counting numbers, which you kind of need to win that award. But Mike, it was awesome to have you. Uh, you can follow Mike at Mike Tanya on Twitter. Anything that you want to plug, Mike, before we let you go? Stop by Football Outsiders, see what we're all about, see what DVOA is all about. Consider becoming an FO Plus subscriber. You get picks, you get stats you can use to help you make your picks, some of the things I've cited today as well. So footballoutsiders.com, come check it out. Come see all the things we have to offer. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Mike. Uh, and make sure to follow Mike at Mike Tanya on Twitter. He's one of the best follows and one of the best reads in the space. If you're betting on football, you need to read Mike and also uh, be very plugged into Football Outsiders. All right, before we get to our best bets, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this week by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. Two massive matchups in the Premier League, North London Derby and Manchester. Sorry, not Derby, Derby. I'm from Australia, Derby. Uh, There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chiefs and the Bucks in our Sunday Night 7 contest. All right, Drew, let's get into our one of uh, the aspects of that predictor contest, which is the point total bands in Chiefs Bucks. And, uh, and then we'll get into our favorite bets. But so uh, the options, basically zero to 43. Then there's other bands down to 64 plus. I'm taking zero to 43. I think that is uh, by far the most favorable band to take, given that the total is 45 and a half. We talked about it with Mike, that Chiefs defense is better than everyone thinks. Ninth in DVOA. Bucks have the best defense in the league. Questions about both offenses. Give me zero to 43. What have you got? I'm going to hit right around that total. That looks like a very sharp total to me. So I'm going to take 44 to 47. I capture the key numbers of 44 and 47 and a little bit of a, a weak key in 46. So, um, you know, I think your your look is solid, but uh, give me right at that uh, that closing total. I like it. All right. You can check that out on the NBC Sports Predictor app. All right. Best bets for the weekend. Ah, I didn't know what your best bet was, Drew, but I'm looking at the rundown now and I'm (laughs) smiling. Uh, Let's get into it. I think we agree on both of these. I was going to say, Rams, you beat me to the punch, but uh, and sorry if I spoiled that for anyone who was uh, anxiously anticipating Jay's best bet here. Uh, But uh, yeah, no, Jags for me, Jags plus six and a half at the Eagles. I can't get to this number. 
I'm sorry. It's not a great spot for the Jags. There's lots of reasons to be, a, a, you know, somewhat trepidatious about the spot for them just because uh, they're coming off of a tough travel situation to uh, the West Coast on top of the fact that that was probably the biggest win of a lot of these young guys' careers. And, you know, they're probably feeling themselves to a degree. But all that said, um, this is an even matchup in my mind with the uh, Eagles and the Jaguars, you know, strength on strength, some um, you know, at small things that I can tip an advantage for uh, for the Jaguars here. But I guess what really ultimately gets me feeling somewhat confident about this is that the Jags are going to be live in this one till the final whistle. Like the opportunity for them to come in the back door, even if Philadelphia is, you know, is winning and kind of trying to milk the clock. The Jags run defense is strong enough, is effective enough that they're going to get opportunities to come back in this game. Trevor Lawrence is playing at a very high level right now, uh, has great chemistry building with his wide receiving core and, and uh, you know, and has some nice weapons in the uh, uh, out of the backfield to go to as well. So all told, I think the Jags are alive to win. Um, and even if, uh, you know, the Eagles are dictating game state, I think the Jags can, can backdoor this one. So six and a half for me with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love it. Duval. Yeah. Duval. Very good. I'm with you hundred percent. Uh, there are a lot of ways to bet the Jags at the moment. I bet some Trevor Lawrence MVP, which if he wins this game against Jalen Hurts and kind of really dense Hurts' case as well. And one of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen is getting dinged in that race this week too. He could vault into being a top four, top five favorite for MVP. Jags to win the AFC South, which is plus 200 uh, at points bet. That is still the best futures bet uh, in football. And if they win this game, that train will have left the station. Uh, also, huge coach of the year ramifications because Oof, I think these two guys are the clear favorites, especially after what happened last night to Mike McDaniel. Uh, so we'll definitely break that down next week. My best bet, Rams plus two. Don't understand this line at all. Like we said, home field is worth one and a half to two points. It's going to be lower end of that spectrum when you have a divisional team where you don't have to even leave the state. Travel is not a big factor extra rest day as well. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been the unluckiest quarterback in the NFL so far in terms of drop and interception luck. He is still a top 10 quarterback in the league. Uh, I just don't understand why the Niners would be better than the Rams on neutral field, which is what this line implies. I would make the Rams one point better on neutral, uh, full strength going head to head. I think Trent Williams is worth one point to the line as much as any offensive lineman can be just about outside of Rashawn Slater, the Storm Norton. Uh, so I would make this Rams minus one. I suspect the game will close pick or Rams minus one. So I think plus two is a great bet on the Rams. Yeah, we agree on this 100%. Um, left tackle uh, is still an area that matters a ton to the spread, um, particularly when you have a quarterback that operates in the pocket like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and Trent Williams was the best, if not the best, and top three left tackle in all of football. And he was kind of the guy keeping that line together because I, I don't know if people realize it, but really the other four guys out there, all, questions about all of them. And now you take that one piece away. I, I really, I, I really struggle to see how San Francisco gets their offense going in this one. Let's go, Ram, Ramley. Yeah, let's go Rams house. Uh, just lastly, everyone's going to say, oh, Kyle Shanahan, 6-1 and one against Sean McVay. Don't care. Jared Goff was playing in those games. Nick Mullins was playing in those games. <laughs> the Niners had an elite offensive line. Trent Williams was Aaron playing. Donald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've lost 80% of their offensive line from last year. It's just Mike McGlinchey. Give me the Rams plus two. They win outright as well. You know, at the money line, that'll be value two, certainly at anything above even money. All right, we are done. Good show, Drew. 
Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good luck with your bets. Drew and I will see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.